Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Doing the Thing podcast. Uh, I'm Jason Madden, and I'm here with my host, Philip Mako. And we're here doing the thing with Paul Tulin. Paul is currently active duty Green Beret. Uh, he is the, I guess, former director of operations of SOCOM. Some of you may have heard of that uh, particular unit and organization. Uh, he's doing a lot of really cool stuff cool things out there. He, he's one of those guys that epitomizes the, the doing the thing lifestyle that we like to talk of so much about on this podcast. Paul, how are you today? Good, Jason. I appreciate you and Phil accommodating me. And uh, I, I love doing this. As, as, as we've said many times, I am, uh, well, my wife has always said, I, I love the sound of my own voice. I don't think that's necessarily true, <laughs> but I think she's a I think she's implying that I have no problem talking a lot. So I, you know, the, the evolution of, of podcasting has really been, um, has really been exciting for me because I just, I love to have conversations uh, for a number of different reasons. Uh, so this is great. I appreciate you guys asking me to do this and this will be fun. Yeah. Our pleasure. Yeah, absolutely. You know, podcasting is a funny thing, you know, um, a lot of us do like to hear the sounds of our own voices. We do like to, to speak a lot. You know, Phil could probably talk about it in the in entertainment industry. I'm sure entertainers just love podcasting because all of your ideas can just vomit out and there's no censorship. You can say whatever the hell you want and, and people will listen <laughs> or they won't. <laughs> <laughs> or they won't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, so so I should probably I, we should have probably talked before we started recording, so we're not using valuable recording time. But you know, I've been I've been in uniform in in a in a variety of different ways since 1986. For the listeners, that is not a typo. I'm talking like you know, pretty in pink, flock of seagulls era signature on my paper at at the uh, at the recruiting station. Um, but uh, so I've been wearing the uniform a long time, and I'm pretty good around you know my kids' middle school and high school at at uh, keeping my, let's call it military grade language in check. So <laughs> if I slip, I don't know if there's an ability to edit that or if we're just going to live with it. I, I'm not sure how the doing the thing audience, how sensitive they are, but hopefully I'll be behaved. Hey, well, I think we'll live with it. I think we're, we're all adults here. We can handle some of it. You know, if, you know, if it, it brings the point across and we're good to go. Right, Phil. All right, I'll try. To, I'll try to behave and be a professional. That's what I think. I think that's what the uh, SF command would expect of me. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, so, so you're doing a lot of cool things. You're, you're, you're kind of um, in the transition. Sounds like you're about to retire pretty soon, and you've got a couple of really cool entrepreneurial things going on. So, so. Let's hear some of the backstory. What, what do you have going on? What are you doing with your transition? I, I see you doing some cool things on LinkedIn. You're kind of, uh, uh, what, what do they call those folks? Influencers. You're starting to kind of become that, that, that thing. So, so tell yeah. us more about it. Yep. So great. That's a great question. And there's a, and there's a lot to unpack there for me personally. I'll start with the notion of, you know, an influencer. Because when I started getting involved in LinkedIn as a mechanism to enable my transition, you know, I started following a lot of influencers and very quickly uh, became enamored or I don't want to say misguided or misdirected by trying to replicate what they were replicating before I fully understand, I fully understood that a LinkedIn influencer per se is 
trying to fill a specific marketing niche, right? So, and that took me a few minutes to figure out, and I, and I think I did. And whether or not I become, you know, an influencer is, is not really relevant to me, but being influential is. And, and being influential is predicated not on the number of people you're, you know, you're connected with or followed by, but really how meaningful those connections are, right? So that's sort of a, just a, just a, a two cent intro on the, on, you know, whether or not I, I consider myself an, an influencer. Certainly I try to be influential in the, in the spheres in which I operate. Um, but the number of followers or people that, you know, connections that I have is, is irrelevant and I'll kind of, and I can get into that too. But, but that of course, typical, this is what you guys signed up for right here, right? You're going to get a lot of answers. You're going to get a lot of words that are not actually the answer to your question. So, <laughs> so let me answer the question that you asked, um, kind of my transition journey. So yeah, I was actually uh, prepared to retire from the military after a pretty long career uh, in this upcoming February, but uh, kind of a long time ago, my wife, earned the right to make uh, most of the decisions when it comes to our two boys. She earned that right about, you know, seven deployments out of nine ago. And, uh, and I say that a little tongue in cheek, but really she kind of started, she led the, you know, led the charge on making sure that our boys started and finished in the same high school. And so knowing what I know about the army, I said, okay, well, the only way to really guarantee that is for me to get out and the time is right. I'm eligible to retire. So I'll, I'll retire. Uh, and uncharacteristically, the Army uh, Special Operations, United States Army Special Operations Command specifically, came to me and said, hey, we know you want to stay here at Fort Bragg, and you don't want a PCS, and uh, we have this other opportunity. It'd be two years long as the deputy commander of our training group, and so that met our objectives, and since I was focused on the objective of keeping the boys in the same place, I, I accepted that position, and it didn't hurt that uh, the guy that would be the commander. So I would be the deputy to my, literally one of my best friends. Right. So that was all lined up really well. And what that did was it changed the direction and the, and the specific timeline for transition. And it kicked it down the road by about two years. And so, um, I, at the, at the time I thought I had, you know, I had wasted a little bit of time and maybe got gotten started in transition too early. But what I learned was I was extraordinarily lucky because I had started transition, I had invested in a little bit of time, energy, and money in transition, and it turns out I was getting started exactly when I needed to, which was two years ahead of time. Um, and so I have begun to try to the best of my ability, and this is where maybe that, you know, that impression of me as being an influencer comes from, because I'm constantly on the platform uh, trying to spread this, this message. Um, is that I'm trying to help people understand why it's so important to get involved in transition early because you can, you know, you can begin to figure out what you want to do with your life. And then once you figure that out, then you have extra time to build up the skills required to do that thing. Right. So, you know, and, and that was, and, and that, that kind of segues almost accidentally into, into the, you know, the doing the thing um, perspective and how I got involved in a bunch of different things. Cause really all the things that you see me involved in, and some of them are, you know, they're, they're pretty visible, right? Um, certainly the green Marines, which we, you know, we'll talk about in depth um, my transition advice for, for what it's worth, you know um, and uh, you know, and, and some other lower key involvements with, with some other things, all as a result of, you know, being involved on LinkedIn 
and, and, and really that's kind of how I've come to this, to be in this space where I'm doing all these different things, because in a manner of speaking, it's sort of me trying to figure out what I want to do when I grow up and, and really starting to do the things that give me satisfaction and fulfillment and they excite me every day. And look, let's be honest, Jason, you, you know the deal. Phil, maybe not so much because, you know, you don't come from the same background as, as Jason and I. But, you know, sometimes you get to a point when in the military when you're walking into the building and it's a bureaucratic hellscape every day and, and it's not real exciting <laughs> to do, you know. Um, you can always, you know, you can always can be Groundhog Day. Yeah, really, you know. And I'm not saying, you know, I'm not saying every lunchtime I'm looking to go out in the parking lot and suck a tailpipe, but it can be a little, you know, it can be a little soul crushing to be in that kind of, in that kind of position. Um, but you find, you start doing these things and it's, it's like exciting and it's energizing and it, you know, it gives you a reason and you're doing things that kind of at night, I mean, not like not taken away from your family or anything like that, but you, you, you're excited. It's not like work. It's, it's just something you're doing that, that gives you purpose and it's fulfilling and, and you feel like you're, you know, like you did when you, when you achieved something in basic training, you know, it's just the same kind of energy. And so that's kind of a very, very long answer to how I found myself on these, on these multiple paths. Very, very cool. So, you know, one of the things we talk about, and then I, I, I have a specific question for you, but one of the things we talk about is the importance of having clarity about what it is you want and where it is you're looking to go. And, you know, I'm hearing from you, hey, I thought about retirement. My family and I got together. We talked about what was most important, and that was, you know, our kids' education and continuity and lifestyle. And that drove some things and opened up opportunities that perhaps might not have opened had you not reached that level of clarity, right? So super yeah. props on that. Um, you know, I, so I want to dive into the Green Marines because it's intriguing from a lot of perspectives. Uh, Jason and I agree, and one thing we talk about a lot is the importance of little things and how little things stack up to, to create massive tidal waves of, of organic change, incremental change. And it's our attention to those little details and those little things built up throughout a day, a week, a month, a year that propel us into greatness, right? And so I was really intrigued when you shared some information on Green Marines. And why don't we start perhaps by you telling us the inspiration behind it and what the mission is? Yeah, so I mean, I can, I'll, I'll tell you a little, you know, kind of from a couple different perspectives, right? Um, and it's funny because, you know, we've, Dave and I have had several conversations about the Green Marines. And people will think, oh, well, that's obviously a collaborative effort. I get it. You know, Paul's a Green Beret. Dave was a Royal Marine. So they're both, you know, focused uh, on essentially environmental change. Uh, I mean, you know, um, it's more than that. But, but essentially improving the, the, the world by getting people to reconnect to the planet. So I see how yeah, that makes perfect sense, that collaboration. And, it's, and it was none of that, right? It didn't start like that at all. Um, it's just, it's just one more happy coincidence. And look, I'm not a spiritual guy. I'm not a religious guy, but I really believe there's something just a little bit more than coincidence that actually draws and connects people together. And this kind of thing happens to Dave and I all the time. Um, and it really started with that because you would think that that was the natural collaborative output of our, you know, of, of our meeting. And, and, it, and it wasn't. So the Green Marines really was David's brainchild. And, and, the, and, the, and the fun thing, and I'm, it's, I'm really kind of brokenhearted that he had, a, he had, a, had, a, had an emergency today and had to bail. Um, 
because you would really – I almost feel like I'm kind of talking behind his back when I say this, but I say it We can get him next time. Yeah, we yeah, could have another I, one of these. I, We'd love to have you both yeah. back. All right. So, I, but I, this is something that I've, that I've always said to him, right? So, so when I was building my network on LinkedIn, I, I started looking at it, um, and, 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 and I won't get – I went to a program called uh, uh, Tuck Next Step. It's the Tuck School of Business at Dartmouth College, a two-week program for transitioning military and um, former Olympic athletes. That's a whole other thing. But anyway, so it, it inspired me to start building my network. And so when I started, you know, building my network on LinkedIn, I started looking at it. And, you know, up to then, I had been basically following the, you know, the LinkedIn algorithmic advice. Oh, here's a guy you might have worked with. And, you know, here's a person who, you know, went to the same school, all that kind of stuff, and just hit and connect. And I started looking at what I had already built up to that point. And man, it looked an awful lot like me. It had the same education, the same experience, it dressed the same, same haircut, probably <laughs> smelled the same. You know, it was, it was basically a, uh, a network of me. And I immediately recognized this. Well, that's great, wow. but there's not a lot of utility in that, right? I, I really got to broaden my horizons. And so I just started kind of poking around and I said, okay, what can I, you know, which directions can I go that is really divergent from my own background? And ironically, Dave ended up not really being that divergent. We both come from essentially commando backgrounds, but I didn't know that at the time. And I just started seeing Dave. I don't remember how, you know, it was a second or third level, uh, not a recommendation. I just saw something in the feed and it was really positive. Um, and maybe I followed him at first. So maybe I just liked one of his, one of his positive postings. Um, and then, uh, and then, uh, and so as a result, I, I saw a few more, and I was like, and I thought, like, like you had said, Jason, I thought that, you know, this is a, this is a, uh, this is obviously a LinkedIn influencer, and you know, I probably won't be able to connect with them, but I'll, but I'll try. And I reached out to him, and of course, the way he is, super gregarious, warm, good dude, uh, he got back to me, and, and we connected. Okay, so then we connected on Love LinkedIn, it. and then I began to see, you know, his his posts a lot more. And it was a very short amount of time before I started seeing the heart of the Green Marine message and mission, which is micro trash. And then this gets to your question a little bit, Phil, about, you know, little, the aggregation of little things. So I started to see uh, these, you know, these, these micro missions and, you know, and, and immediately acknowledged, appreciated the wisdom and utility of this kind of action. It's just a small action that I can do on my own, and it eschews the idea of shouting or blaming or cajoling or forcing somebody else into action. I can do it myself, and I can have an impact, and then I can encourage others to do the same, and, and, and it will aggregate. But at that time, I was really just trying to emulate and, and show uh, appreciation for what Dave was doing by, by kind of adding on. And so you know, yeah. then, I, then I started posting a few micro-missions, and then, you know, we shared the graphic for the Green Marine, which originally was, you know, clean and green. That's our dream. And I started tagging on and, and it just kind of grew. And then we said, hey, we should have a conversation, um, which yeah. I, you know, which is what I tell people all the time. Hey, if you build a, you know, if you have a LinkedIn network and all you ever do is hit connect, you're just going to have a database of connections. You got to take it to the next level. You got to have a exactly. phone call. Exactly. Right. So, yep. So, 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 so our, you say a micro mission. Uh, what is a typical, what is the example of a typical micro mission? This is really interesting. Yep. So initially the micro mission was, was based pretty exclusively on, um, 
on picking up a piece of micro trash. That was the idea that Dave had for the Green Marines. And there's really a lot to it. He's been working on this thing a long time. He just hasn't, you know, just hasn't, he's just been slowly trying to mobilize it um, because he's been working on some other things. So it's a little bit of a slow burn, but now it's getting a lot more momentum. So it was initially focused on picking up just that little thing, that half a rubber band, the plastic bottle cap, a piece of, you know, an expense receipt that somebody dropped on the ground. And just picking that up and throw it away. That was it. Right? And so, it's just ownership um, of your environment. Yeah, and, and, and again, it's a, it's a micro action. You can do it yourself. You don't have to, you don't have to you know, tell somebody else they have to do it. Um, lead by example. And, so, and so, we, so, you know, we, him and I both started really encouraging and promoting the micro mission in earnest now, of picking up micro trash because that was the original one. So, so, but then we got some other people who would like it or comment on it. And, um, and a great example of how this slowly grew was a young lady uh, named uh, Alicia B. Forrester Scott. I think the B is B-E-E -E because her um, area of expertise and advocacy is saving the pollinators. Anyway, so, so Alicia kind of, you know, started engaging with us and we talked and and, and again, I, I kind of built up over a little bit of time and I had an engagement with Alicia. We started having a conversation. I came to understand what her focus was. And then we added some of the micro missions that are associated with saving the pollinators to the Green Marine micro mission portfolio and, and so on and so on. And so what we've done over time is, you know, everybody, and, and that's kind of, that's kind of Dave's perspective is that it, you know it's all about abundance not ownership like you can take the green marine and say i'm a green marine and run with it, it, it we're not about you know owning this brand um we're about spreading the philosophy and so anybody can declare themselves a green marine by doing a positive action and so we so now we've built up this kind of portfolio that any positive action is worth doing any positive action qualifies you as a green marine and, and it's okay if you bypass a piece of micro trash even if you knowingly do it that's okay try again tomorrow it's all about this wow. positive approach that aggregates over time so the vision for it for, for me is uh, there's another guy that you may see me that you may see me tag his name is mike irwin uh, mike irwin and i were in first battalion third special forces together. Mike was an, uh, an, an intelligence officer, and he started something called Team Red, White, and Blue. It was basically a veteran support organization that was a counterbalance I've to the, Have you heard of it? I, I have. I've, I've got some t-shirts. Okay, yeah. I okay, I have the original t-shirt, Jason. I got the, I got the <laughs> nice. t-shirt. Mike and I always joke about that. So, because, you know, because when he started it, I think it was, uh, don't call me on this, 2007, 2008. Um, but anyway, Mike started that. It became this huge thing. He, you know, now he's on the board of directors, but he also started something called the Positivity Project. And the way the Positivity Project works, basically, is Mike um, raises money to, uh, to pay for the program, brings it to a school. It costs the school nothing. And it gives them the ability to teach uh, 24 character values. The hashtag is, you know, people matter. And uh, mm -hmm. it's, it's, a, it's a philanthropic program that brings character education into schools. Okay. So. Amazing. I am attempting. Go, go ahead. Uh, no, no. I, I was just commenting. That that's amazing. You know. Um, oh, yeah. 
I kind of want to bring it a little bit back to the Green Marines. Um, you know, what was Dave's inspiration to to get on board with these these micro missions and those and, and doing the micro trash things? I mean, that's it seems so easy, but you know, so I don't know, so outside of the box. That it's, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Um, so 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 real quick, just to close out my my thought on Mike Irwin and why I was going down that road, because my vision is to take the Green Marine program into schools to equip schools with a method for inspiring children to be green marines, figure out a way to incentivize the kids and, and make it part of their everyday, right? Okay, so anyway, that's kind of- I love that. That's, kind of where we're, that's an amazing yeah, that's message. Um, so, so Dave, um, again, you know, this is one of those things that I, that I would, that I, I'm comfortable saying because I've said it to him many times. You know, when we first started our relationship, it was all in writing, right? And his writing is always like, I mean, it just sounds like a half-baked, like, Jamaican. It's all bra and bro and, and emojis. And I'm like, dude, I'm like, and so for a minute, I was like, man, I'm going to have this Skype. What am I getting involved in here? Maybe this guy's a nut. I mean, this all seems like a great idea, and I love it. But hey, maybe he's kind of off the, you know, a little off the reservation. And, um, and, and so, and, and lo and behold, he's not. That's the short answer. But, but Dave started something called, I don't know if he if he individually started, but he was really the, he, he really spearheaded. He was the, he was the, the brains behind it and he turned it into a, um, into a major initiative was involved in something called walk on Wednesdays. Wow. Which was a, or is a city of London program that he developed for the city that encouraged people to adopt a sustainable transportation method once a week, walk to school hand in hand with your kid. And, and these days, it's been adopted by like 10 million people. So, so that kind of, that gave, I mean, aside from just our face-to-face conversations, which he's, he's just awesome, um, that, that, that tells you what his level of credibility is for mobilizing brands. And so he did that uh, and then really wanted to, you know, that really inspired the idea of connecting, you know, reconnecting people with the planet. He's got... You know, he sees like me, started a little later in life, he's got two young kids, and recognizes that they are mostly disconnected from the planet, the kids are generally, um, by no fault of their own, and, you know, wanted to have a way to, 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 to really reconnect them. And his, you know, his, his motto is people, passion, people, planet, purpose, and passion, right? So, and, and for him, it was all about finding a way to reconnect people with the planet uh, so that they appreciated their their own surroundings and did it in a way that was not alienating or counterproductive. And it's funny because I would say one time in a hundred, you know, we'll do all all of our posts are super positive, just encouraging participation. Do it if you can, even if the positive action you do today is to smile at somebody or to hold the door open for them. And that's good. That's your green marine. You just made it right. One time in a hundred. We'll have somebody come on there, you know, with some negativity about, oh, well, that's great. But then it goes to the landfill for a thousand years. And it's like, and, and you got to tread that a little lightly, but we always try to respond positively with, yeah, you're absolutely right. This is a huge problem. We just really want to, you know, we just really want to try our best to get everybody to contribute, you know, where and how they can. And you really, it's rare to see it in, in the circles, the virtual circles that we run um, or that we, you know, run in. Uh, but that's the antithesis of what we try to do because, because that man, that doesn't work. You can't, 
yell at somebody and embarrass them into changing their behavior. It, that, that, that shit just doesn't work. Never works. Mm -mm. Well, <clears throat> very interesting. Um, one person, one idea becomes 10 million people in London. Did I hear all that right? Yeah, I mean, it's really remarkable, yep. Yeah, and uh, you know, I, and I'm not touching on this topic at all from the uh, political football perspective that it is, um, but when we think about climate change, global warming, we talk, think about pollution in the oceans, lakes, all of those things combined, we tend, often tend to think on a global level, what, what are our elected officials doing? What are others doing? And we look for those big sweeping changes. Imagine what could happen if 10 million people today took on one micro mission today. Imagine what happens in a city if that were to happen. City of San Diego, I think, has 5 million in the downtown area. And I have to tell you, I, I lived there for five years. I've seen it decline in terms of cleanliness and other things. Imagine what would happen if everybody that you know, walks to their job that lives downtown in one of the condos just did one little thing. Over the period of a month or two, how significant could that become? So let's get to this. Wow. Um, talk to me about, you know, where, uh, you know, how big is the membership and the movement, Green Marine? How can we all work together to make it bigger? So that, that's, a, that's, a great, that's a great question. And I'm, gonna, and I'm going to um, challenge your hypothesis about the potential in San Francisco. Is it San Francisco or San Diego? Well, I was speaking to San Diego, but I think San Francisco, oh, San LA, you could, you could even make stronger statements. Right. But, yeah, so 5 million people. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to challenge your math a little bit because I would tell you, if 5 million people every day picked up a piece of micro trash or the thing they saw blowing by, it, it, it wouldn't last for more than a couple days. Think about the magnitude of that number. There's a lot of trash on the ground, but think about 5 million people. It would, you, you would so quickly run out of trash to deal with. And, it's, and you're right, it's like if you can figure out a way to get everybody to, and there's a component of letting go of your pride too, right? Because I'll give you a great example um, of, of a little bit of the of mindset change that, that's required. I was at the gas station, and the gas stations are a great place for micro trash. It just is, you know, it's just a, there's always stuff there. And um, mm -hmm. I, I did a post once. There was a my wife and I went to go get a coffee one morning, and um, in the parking lot there was a uh, a styrofoam soda cup lid straw standing upright. So you look at it and you think, oh man, you know, obviously that didn't just get dropped there. Somebody had to leave that there deliberately, knowingly, and then drive off, right? And mm -hmm. so for a moment, when you're not <clears throat> fully immersed or fully indoctrinated, I'll, I'll say. Uh, into the Green Marine mentality, you, you go that direction for a moment. However, if you give yourself just a second to say, ah, you know what, maybe that was a, a mom who had a crying baby just coming apart at the seams and, and she forgot it. Or maybe, you know, somebody put that down and then returned their grocery cart over to where they are collected and, and forgot it. Maybe, you know, it wasn't just a matter of malicious, you know, intent and ignorance. <laughs> And then you're like, ah, you know what? I'll help that person. I'm going to pick up and throw it away, right? So, so there's tremendous power in getting past that that ego and that and that um, and that you know acute I don't know accusatory perspective that that allows you to to take action much easier. And another example I, I started to say I was at the gas station. 
And I saw a guy and he had a bottle of water. And you know, when you have a bottle of water, it has that like label that, you know, just kind of slips off like a ring um, <laughs> paper. And he put it on top of a, like a lolly column. And then he got distracted. I think he was watching a pretty girl across the parking lot. I don't know. And, uh, and then, he, and then the, the, the ring fell off and it fell onto the ground. And then he walked away. And, and, and you know, the, the colonel in me, uh, by, you know, by virtue of decades of training and, you know, and institutionalization, wanted to, with a knife hand, you know, tell him <laughs> quite directly what a shitbag he was and pick up your trash and blah, blah, and all that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. Um, and, 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 I, and I sat there for a minute. And I was like, man, I'm not going to go pick up that guy's trash. And I was like, ah, let me be helpful. And I, wa- and I didn't say anything to him. And he had walked away. I just walked over, picked it up, and threw it away. And, and what did I lose by that? So, so there's, a bit of, there's a bit of ego um, that, has to be, that has to be overcome. But, but you're absolutely right. I mean, the, the magnitude of it is, is remarkable. And, and really, the, the great thing about being a Green Marine is all you have to do is think that you are one. And then you're in, man. You're, you know, you're a bona fide member. There's no expiration date. There's no fees. There's no meetings. And if you really mess it up, um, then you can, you know, then you can do it. You can try it again tomorrow. Um, and so it's, it's, it's been a little bit slow. I don't want to say slow to take off, but you can see it starting to take off. You can see other people picking up the mantle and, you know, starting to spread the word, but I don't want to, what I don't want to do is somehow equate how active it is on LinkedIn with actual impact. Yeah, I like to think that the impact just happens because people just do it. That's even better. Like, Phil, yeah. if you just go out every day and you pick up a wrapper or something off the ground and I never hear from you again, that, that's going to have been worth it. That, that's the impact that it doesn't need to be wildly promoted, but we just have to continue to spread the message so more people get involved how, at whatever level they want. Yeah, what about organizing events? I mean, when we think about what we can do on an individual level, that's totally cool. But it seems to me there are a lot of like-minded people. And, you know, what happens, Paul, I think, Jason, you'd agree, people get caught up in their own head, in their own life, and they may not even be thinking about something that they reflexively do because, you know, something else is way more heavily on their mind. So it's cool when you can step behind them and, you know, give them that hall pass and say, listen, you probably had a, a crying kid, like you said. But, dude, I got to imagine that you begin to spread the word, you get a movement, you tag into a Facebook group, a LinkedIn group, and regionally start to organize some small events. And I think about Solana Beach, Encinitas, Carlsbad, Oceanside, just the beachfront area. And what could happen if, you know, 50 or 100 people got together for three hours and just, you know, did their thing, right? Did their, doing the thing on the beach, right? Picking up, cleaning up what a difference that can make. So are you doing events, Paul? Are you thinking about events? Yeah. So that's sort of the, so that's sort of the future, right? As, as we develop this, as Dave and I sort of develop the philosophy, we promote the message and the mission and we look at, we look at exactly those kind of things. How do we, you know, mobilize the, the philosophy on a larger scale? And because you, you're right, you know, if, if I can, if I can get somebody to do it in a personal way where we're all in there together, they're going to be inspired to carry it elsewhere. Um, so that's absolutely part of the, I mean, it, we are very much, this thing has literally just leaped over the Atlantic um, where, you know, where Dave had the, the belief and confidence in me, I think to say, Hey man, 
all right, you're, you are now, you know, the Green Marine USA. And, we, and then we're going to start establishing it in as many places as we can. Um, and we're just, yeah, we're, I mean, we are, I hate to say on the ground floor, but it's a grassroots effort. And we're pretty much kind of on the ground floor. And all of that will, we hope, and I, and I believe, will be part of it, you know, in the not too distant future, you know, starting with groups of kids at schools. Love it. That's, that's awesome, man. Uh, love what you guys are doing there. Um, is there anywhere we can uh, direct people and use this kind of platform to help people find more information on the Green Marines and how to find you and Dave? Yeah, I mean, it's real easy. Dave and I are both, you know, we have limited the, you know, we, we made a kind of a conscious decision to limit the promotion right now uh, of the, the, miss, the, the micro missions uh, message to LinkedIn, because as you guys probably know, you know, Twitter is a bit of a cesspool. Um, Facebook yeah. still has that potential to, you know, Facebook is like the, the barbecue where people still might get drunk and make an ass of themselves, but you know, but LinkedIn is kind of like the office. No one's really going to show their ass too badly at the office. So it still has a, a very positive, almost, you know, you're almost compelled to be at least constructive, um, you know, right. when, when you're on there. And so that's where we're, that's where we're, we're at. And, you know, I have, I have yet to reject someone who's, who's asked to connect to me and uh, Dave's kind of the same way. And what you get as a result is, you know, I, I had a, I had a, say a young man, he was a, a warrant officer, who was one of my team leaders in 5th Special Forces Group when I was a battalion commander there. And uh, he got out, great guy. And he, he wrote a comment on one of my posts that said, you know, anytime I think the world is kind of going to hell in a handbasket, I just log on to LinkedIn and I look up Paul's posts because there's always something positive coming from the Green Marines. And that's kind of what, you know, one of the things that, that we offer is, I mean, we're, we're, we're pushing nothing but positivity, you know, and you can be part of it. And, and believe me when I tell you, it's a great way to start your day. Um, stopping and picking up a piece of micro trash and put, you feel like you did something, you accomplished some small thing and you know you're part of something bigger that's, that's aggregating into, into potentially global change. Um, it's really, it's really awesome. Yeah, I love it. You know, and, and thinking about that small move, right? Um, one of my dear friends, and he was actually on our last uh, podcast session, Gary Geller, he's a Mount Everest alum, uh, set a couple records along the way. And, you know, he follows, uh, and I'm sure you both have heard of uh, Shackleton's Laws, right? Ernest yeah. Yeah. And he's a big believer in that. And additionally, what he preached was, and, and he led a team of about 100 people, a very diverse group, in fact, the most diverse group of persons with disabilities to ever reach the base camp of Mount Everest. And um, he, he, what he said was just so powerful and so damn simple that we forget to do it. He talked about the importance of that daily smile to somebody, reaching out to one person, connecting with one person, and how enthusiasm can spread across just that one movement, sharing uh, a couple specific stories about people who masked the problems that were going on in their life really, really well. And that little smile brought them to talk and talking brought out the problem and the problem led to solutions. And all of those things may not have happened if that little micro connection hadn't occurred first, right? So there's real, real power in that. And I love the positive messaging. And I also love the fact where you say, hey, look, if you don't do it today, that's all right. Do it tomorrow. <laughs> you know, you think about yeah, people, 
they yeah, begin dieting. Absolutely. You think about people that begin diet and exercise programs, right? They say, yeah, I'm 20 pounds overweight. That's it. I'm going on a diet. And they stick to it religiously through day five. But usually by day six, out comes the ice cream or the pizza or whatever, right? And then in their mind, they say, I blew it. I blew the diet. I'm off. As opposed to saying, I blew the diet today. I'm getting back on the horse tomorrow, right? Yep. So I love that thinking. Yeah, and you know, I do too. The, oh man. The, yeah, the thing about about positivity, right? In my in my battalion, um, you know, I I always prioritize, um, I always pr prioritize a positive attitude. But I also said, hey, you know, positive attitude and common courtesy go hand in hand. So I was never really ever yes. concerned whether or not somebody saluted me when they were go walking out. I don't give a shit about that. But if I say good morning, I'd expect you to say good morning back. And, you know, or if I hold the door open for you, you say thank you. And, and you know, even in the workplace, when you have an environment like that, it makes it a better place to work. Like, there is no downside. Shit, even if you're faking it, there's no downside to positivity. It just, it just, it exalts everybody, you know? Um, and so being down on people because, you know, they, they're not doing what you want them to do in the you know, picking up trash. Well, what can you do? I can only affect the, you know, the thing that I can affect, which is my own contribution. And so I'm just going to keep on doing it. Love it. Love it. And love that, it. That's how you do the thing, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, we think so, about that uh, Shackleton story. And so when Shackleton interviewed his crew, there were like 7,000. Uh, some of the questions he asked were, can you tell me a joke? Do you play a musical instrument? Can you sing? Tell me a story. And, you know, those little things became so important when their, their ship got stuck in the ice. And for two years, they're stranded, right, across, um, you know, Elephant Island. Uh, some of the men lived underneath tiny rowboats for six months because the weather was so extreme. And what did they do? Huddled under those boats, told jokes, told stories. And it was that positivity that brought 100% of the crew back alive amazingly it's an incredible story of yeah but but it speaks yeah and the grit what did what did Shackleton say you know men wanted for hazardous journey small wagers <laughs> bitter cold something something's constant you know um return doubtful honor and recognition in case of success right I mean that was like that was like his ad you know yeah, that was his ad yeah very cool and Paul well, hey Paul Yep. Go ahead, Jason. Sorry about that. Hey, Paul, I know that uh, you, you got to wrap it up here in, in a minute or two, um, but short answer, um, you know, we know that you're doing the thing every day, but what's something that really sticks out to you that you've done that qualifies as doing the thing the last week or last day? Well, it's adorable. You think I have short answers to things. You're clearly not <laughs> listening at all, Jason, are you? Um, yeah, so that's the, right. That's the beauty of the Green Marine micro mission. Like every single day, I am doing the thing, and it's that question is too easy to to answer because um, this oh, this is another again. This is not an it's not an easy short answer, but I'll try to make it quick. Um, my wife is amazed in the downside of being married to an amazing woman. You have to do everything she says for the most part. Um, she's an, she is a, uh, a, um, an animal lover, like, a you know, a, a dedicated lover of animals. And we had a small mouse problem recently. And, you know, my answer is mouse traps, but that wasn't, that wasn't happening. Right. Um, and so, so I had to send away for Amazon and I got this, like, I got this like humane mouse trap, Right. And 
Well, it turns out we had more than, you know, they were all getting in under the sink in the kitchen. Turns out we had more than just a small mouse problem. We had like a family because over the last week, I've trapped four mice. But wow. I have had to drive them as passengers in my truck all the way to Fort Bragg and drop them off in their new home 14 miles away. You know, but it's, it, you, you know, it's, it's, it's positive, except maybe for the, you know, maybe the, the John F. Kennedy Chapel, which is close to where I dropped them off. They may develop a rodent problem. <laughs> no. But that's neither here nor there, right? But any positive action can, you know, and, and of course, every day it's micro trash. You're always picking up a little piece. My wife and I do it all the time. Our kids and I, you know, we just do it all the time. Um, and, uh, and so, you know, every day I am lucky enough to be able to say, hey, I've done the thing. Because it's, guys, it's so easy. It's the easiest thing in the world. And you'll never be... Um, you'll never not have the opportunity to do it if you live on the planet Earth. Beautiful, beautiful. Listen, Paul, it is an incredible honor and has been a lot of fun to, to get you on and learn you know, a lot more about you, your experiences on LinkedIn, certainly Green Marines. We do want to have you back and that would be exciting. And I'll tell you, the methodology, the thinking falls so much in line with the things that we talk about, the core principles of you know, focusing on a good day today, focusing on the little daily disciplines that sometimes get lost. And it's all those incremental things we do as people or as a society that make a difference, right? And so we love that messaging, man. And thank you so much for taking some time out of your busy, crazy day. Um, we're going to let you get off because I know you've got to um, get to the kids and everything. But man, it's been an honor having you. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's a blast. And, and we'll definitely do it again to the extent that you guys can tolerate it. Because um, if there isn't a backstop, I'll just never stop. And, uh, and, uh, but yeah, it's great. And, and you know, the last thing I would say is a little different perspective, but we started talking about you know, my contribution to, um, to uh, um, transition. And I'll say you know, to your audience, the same thing that I say to everybody. If, 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 if you think I can help you, then please reach out. I'm always happy to try. I might not be able to, but you know, we're, we're absolutely here to do, to do what I can. Um, and, and you know, the, the, the greatest reward for my military service has been, enabling, has been enabling the success of others. And if I can continue to do that until the day they put me in my grave, then I'll have counted myself lucky. So that's the last thing I'll offer is, hey, I'm always here to help if anybody thinks they need it. Awesome. Thanks so much, Paul. Hey, everybody, if you want to get in touch with Paul and you want to learn more about the Green Marines, we're going to put some more of that information in the show notes uh, so you can have some clickable links to get onto. Uh, other than that, keep doing the thing, and we'll, we'll talk to you soon. Yep. Right on, guys. Thanks, guys. guys.